This is Many Windows. We are part of the Independent Podcast Network. Find other great shows at independentpodcast.network. Many Windows is a podcast in which we explore stories from the wide world of education from the perspective of two educational leaders with more than 40 years of collective experience. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Jennifer McGlemory. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, John. How's it going? Good. Um, it's We're recording this in the summer, and yep. so I'm out of town and I realized I did not bring my good microphone. Yes. So I don't know if my sound is not going to sound as good today. It's maybe a little echoey. Well, our uh, uh, dear friends who are listening, if we sound a little echoey today, uh, apologies in advance. Thank, yes, thank you. It's summer. And, uh, you know, if we get a B plus on this one, <laughs> and, you know, we'll we'll take it. And frankly, if we got to be minus, we'll take that as well. That's true. But it is what it is, right? Um, so, Jennifer, today's topic, and we're continuing our series on myths. Okay, and mm-hmm. today's is a little interesting because it's sort of partially mm-hmm. mythic. Okay, what we're talking about is what in science talk, if you will, is called brain lateralization. But what in popular conversation is called the sort of left brain, right brain hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you've surely encountered this in your education, uh, your your own education, you know, your 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 uh undergraduate, graduate work. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about it when we were at UCLA a number of years ago. And faculty teachers and parents talk about it a lot kids don't really talk about it all that much but the 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 zeitgeist the popular conversation is is there's a lot there right now what do you yeah what do you know about this when 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 i when i say kind of left brain right brain when we put it on the list of myths why do you think it deserved to be on the on the docket Well, I think for me, it falls into the same category as, you know, learning styles, um, where we take these ideas, right, that are based in brain research and are based in solid educational theory or what we know about learning, but we reduce them so often. You know, you, you start with the, the researcher and the team that, understands this idea, writes scholarly work about it and books. And then somebody at the district office read this book and then gives the shorthand version to at the principal's meeting. And then, you know, a faculty meeting is developed out of that shorthand to become, you know, talking points. And so I think that's, this is my made up uh, flow chart of how great ideas um, become just these these ideas that are not fully understand by the practitioner, the person in the classroom or the parent, they're getting sound bites at parent meetings, PTA meetings, faculty meetings. And then, you know, it just becomes this, this idea that, okay, some kids are stronger left brain, meaning like analytical, we think of, um, do I even have, yeah, analytical, math-minded, and then right brain being more creative, artistic, uh, you know, language arts-oriented, and that there's, you know, that you're either one or the other. And I think that's where 
the it becomes the myth. That's where yeah. what was um, an important mm -hmm. idea starts to break down. And when we reduce some of these important ideas in education down to um, sound bites, that's where sometimes we get it wrong. Yeah, it's 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 true across almost everything in education that great ideas, useful, helpful ideas are too regularly turned into uh, sort of pop culture, mm -hmm. little little canapes, like little snippets, right? Or or are reduced, you know, a, 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 to 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 an absurd degree, to the point where they can't even be understood, right? Uh, and you know, I think about this as a good example, right? Um, Howard uh, Gardner's, right? You know, uh, kind of le learning uh, 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 frameworks, right? That's not what they're called, but you 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 know, kind of yeah, ways. multiple. Multiple intelligences, Multiple intelligences right? right? You know, is not really understood and used properly, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, Carol Dweck con mm -hmm. constantly having to write now that this is not what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> the growth mindset idea. Right. You have not. You have not read the book correctly. Right. This you is saw not a poster. <laughs> right. 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 The, you are not doing growth mindset uh, correctly. Uh, um, uh, good example <laughs> what, what what's her name uh um, um um grit duckworth oh yeah right angela duckworth angela yeah. duckworth right yeah yeah I, I had tammy duckworth the senator <laughs> in my head i'm like I, I know that isn't right oh that's a senator right uh yeah and, yeah uh I, this is not what grit is stop doing these things because you're it's not right right so <clears throat> you've basically outlined Kind of what the myth is okay mm -hmm. now what's the science okay the science of brain lateralization is is really clear and strong okay that uh there are functions within the human brain that are performed by the left half more than the right or by the right more than the left, okay? It's generally not an only kind of thing, which is where these things go go wrong, right? It's being read too, uh, too ideologically, right? Left brain is only this, right brain is only that. That's not how, that's not how it works, okay? But there are certain functions like certain kinds of speech, for instance, are in the left, okay? Certain other kinds of speech are in the right, okay? So for instance, uh, sentence formation is, is, a, is a left. If you damage the left part of the brain that does sentences and sort of structure, then you're going to end up with word salad mm. or nothing, right? It's just, it's not going to, it's not going to come together, right? Whereas if you want to understand certain subtleties or if you want to express things uh, in a more nuanced way, 
like you want to be sarcastic mm-hmm. if you've damaged the portion of the right brain that allows that it's going to be you can create sentences but there's a kind of flat literalness so like pragmatic social exactly. language exactly mm-hmm. right you get that or you get that okay mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. both that 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 matter right so <clears throat> certain kinds of uh of motor skills are like uh, you know cross right mm. uh, left brain right side motor right side left hand motor okay or left side motor right yeah that's that's true right and you can map that you know if someone has mm-hmm. a brain accident right you can you can almost exactly say okay well this region where the stroke was is going to generate this kind of motor effect or these other kinds of effects um and so we're dealing with the situation when we talk about this where it isn't baseless because we right. talked about stuff this year that's like oh that is just hog <laughs> right like enough right. already right but not the case here right if you think about those kinds of systems mm-hmm. that 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 seem to be lateralized left right the mm-hmm. pop culture uh spin on it is basically the one that you'd said analysis detail orientation rational uh uh, uh logic planning mm-hmm. right you know uh it's vulcan <laughs> you know to use the you know the star trek metaphor that i yeah. right right it's 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 very recent okay and i think you 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 hear people say oh i'm not good at math because i'm more right brain like right not- that's what i'm right that's what i'm thinking about where we, yeah. we've totally reduced this idea yeah yeah that that that's the problem right right um over on the right, it's it's the opposite. It's sort of the opposite of all these things, right? Intuition and being able to put together a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the correct emotional responses to to input, right? More creative, yeah, you know, yeah more creative, yeah, or artsy, that kind of thing. One thing that I was interested when I was looking up we, you know we did our episode on positive discipline yeah um not too long ago and there's a book that often goes hand in hand with the the one uh called positive discipline by Jane Nielsen hmm. that's called the whole brain child yeah by Daniel Siegel right so i had been looking at that and i was surprised to see that he talks about left brain, right brain, but in a totally different way. He talks about right brain being the emotions or what we think of as, um, you know, the amygdala, the limbic system, the older, right, the older part of the brain. What I think of, sometimes it's called the reptilian brain, Right. right? That center part of the brain that's the oldest part and it releases those hormones that are associated with stress. Yeah. And um, when we become 
when you get those physical feelings of anxiety and fear and that that's all that part of the brain, that amygdala that's right there in the center. If you think of your brain being a fist, you know, it's right where all your fingers kind of close together. That's controlling all of that. So that's thought of as our emotion, our emotional response. He calls that right brain. And I was really surprised to hear that, that, and then left brain being really what I think of as upper brain or the the frontal lobe, the prefrontal cortex that's like right behind your forehead, the last part to develop in our brain, which is, again, being able to um, have self-control and logic, think through the consequences of your actions before acting on them. So, and so the whole idea in his book about the whole brain child, you know, is which still is kind of, I think, what we're proponents of anyway, whether you call it left brain, right brain, or old brain, new brain, I don't, you know, upstairs, yeah. downstairs, yeah, upstairs, all these downstairs, little right? colloquialisms yeah. that we come up. But it's like, yeah, integrating, understanding that, yes, it is all based on this brain science that you're talking about. There are for sure different parts of the brain where these things happen. But it is, I think, getting our brain to act in tandem and you can train your brain to, that's what mindfulness is all about, you know, training your brain to use the parts that maybe you realize aren't as strong for you and developing those. Right, right. The, the idea, the describing, now maybe it's just that I'm not an expert here, but describing the amygdala's functions as having right right brained properties that makes no sense to me yeah and I, I i mean i shouldn't i should be careful and i was just kind of reading through a summary of his oh, book I where i saw this and so i'm not now well, that i say that be... i'm not 100 sure that this is daniel siegel saying this but i was even in this summary of his book that just yeah. kind of jumped out at me because I knew we were going to be doing our left brain, right brain. I'm thinking, I've never heard it. But then just as you were talking about yeah. left brain being associated with logic and right brain emotions, like it's 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 leaning on that again, right. that I, idea. Right. You know, what, what we do in our society is take a true thing <laughs> that uh, that if you can, if you can latch onto it and do something with it, is going to actually be really quite improving of your life, right? If you can be more oriented to a growth mindset, it's way better than having a fixed mindset, right? Right. If you can be more resilient, you're not going to be knocked down quite as far when inevitably something goes wrong, right? It's not going to be perfect but it'll be better, right? Mm-hmm. And yet they become these notions. Uh, and I think that this co- comes back to our episodes about this kind of sense that education is in a state of perpetual crisis. Mm-hmm. Right? People are always looking for the quick fix and we're a sort of quick fix, fad diets kind of country, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so if this might, if left brain, right brain might explain something about my kid or might explain something about youth that we're struggling with, 
let's boil it down to the simplest thing possible, except it then leads you to put in place really weirdo policies and and practices that don't actually help anyone, right? Well, we'd better really focus on math. No. Yeah. If you know what you want, if you really want great math students, have everyone play the violin. Mm. Right? Why? Ultimately, it's not left-brainedness, it's not right-brainedness. It's how are you, and you sort of alluded to this, how are you developing the capacity of your brain to communicate with itself, okay? Mm -hmm. If your brain is wired such that your hemispheres are nicely connected and have rich capacity to pass information between them, you get the benefits that pop psychology says left brain is blur right brain is this mm -hmm. no no yeah, well yes but only if you actually get a nice melding right and we know this because of the consequences of having that surgery if you have um if you have epilepsy that does not that will not mm -hmm. be that cannot be regulated, like you're constantly mm -hmm. seizing, okay? You can sever the communication channel. It's called the corpus mm -hmm. callosum, okay? It's like a, it's like a bridge of mm -hmm. tissue that basically facilitates communication, okay? If you cut from it- From one side of the brain to the other, From one right? side of the brain to the other, right? If you cut it, you, you cure this kind of this particular kind of um you know kind of intransigent epilepsy but you then prevent the two mm -hmm. sides from communicating through their best channel right mm -hmm. so they have to find other ways to uh you know well and isn't that the fascinating thing about the brain that we know from um you know, accidents, brain injuries, things like right. that. The work that's been done there is that, oh, the brain has this capacity to rewire itself. Totally, totally. Right? So there are, and are, and this is why adolescence is such a tumultuous time, is because everybody's brain goes through this rewiring process yep. around, you know, I don't know, 12 to 14 to 16, whatever you want, where our brain actually... um sloughs off, breaks down these networks, right? Sometimes I have this image in my mind of the brain or describe it kind of like, you know, LA freeways and like yeah. getting, a, getting from one place to another. Well, okay, there is a faster and more efficient way to get from place A to place B, but sometimes there are, there's a bunch of traffic depending on the time of day, to, right? Oh, that's no longer the best way to get there. This is what we've learned from ways. Oh, okay. There's, right. It, there's this other way that I can go. So we tend to, our brain does that when it's going, it's bringing stimuli in and then wanting to store it and then retrieve it. You know, that's a, the main system that the brain does. And uh, so it finds these pathways. It makes pathways that right. then get coded over with um, myelin, I think it's called. 
code it over so that it's like goes faster and faster and our brain functions yeah. better and better. Yeah. But then there's this pruning that happens, mm-hmm. right? That's like two years old is the first most active time in, in a child's brain because they're learning language, they're yep. storing language. And then again, there's this pruning that like, oh, there are these old ways that as a child you stored information or you did things. Now we're going to break down those connections that aren't as good because we want to reinforce these other connections. So Mm -hmm. I always think about that. And I talk to parents a little bit about that when it's like, is, is my 12 year old did something. And then I said, why did you do that? And I say, I don't know. It's like, yeah, they really don't like that connection that was there a couple months ago is broken down and right. is no longer there, right? Right, right. Something was. Now, right. Yeah. Now it's like, oh yeah. Let me think back. Huh? I don't know why. You no, know, we closed that. that. We, we we closed that freeway. That yes, there was a, there what was now? a yeah, no, accident there on yeah. that. Fr- can't yeah. go that way anymore. So you know, and but then our brain does have the the capacity to continue to rewire itself and and. build reinforce those networks that are working well and when something when there is an injury to the brain and it has to rewire maybe it can't use the most efficient effective way anymore it can find a way around and i think it's it's so cool that our brain does that right i mean to the degree that this study that's the study of lateralization right to the degree that it encourages us to talk about neuroplasticity. Mm. Please continue to talk about left brain, right brainness, right? Even if you're doing it in an oversimplified and totally ultimately not correct way. Because the far more insipid, dangerous misconception about the brain is that it doesn't rewire itself mm-hmm. and that it can't grow, right? I mean, you know, you and I, uh, you're younger than me, but you're not 20 years younger than me. Yeah, you know, I remember growing up being told the brain is a fixed state. Right. And the idea of neuroplasticity emerged in my adulthood, right? I mean, I was already an educator when these ideas that, oh, no, no, things may be, things may be much more interesting then we know, right? Let's continue to measure. Let's continue to assess. Let's let's use some of these new scanners we have to see what's what. Oh wow! Look, it's very different than we'd suspected, right? So yeah, there. W- yeah. I mean, yes, there was this idea that it's like, oh yeah, well, my brain just doesn't do that. Yeah. That, right. In it in school, kids, adults still kind of have this residual belief yeah. that. Right. That our brain that we all have different brains. We know that. Okay, let's neurodiversity on steroids. All of our brains work differently. Yes. Um, But then again, that is like, oh, well, no, my my brain just isn't good at X. And right. And I think what what we're trying to say here, and I'm so glad you brought up growth mindset and Carol Dweck at the beginning, because it's like, right, here's another way that we understand um, this brain research now is that you can't use that cop out anymore. 
that my brain doesn't do that or my brain doesn't, you know, work well in that way. Oh, I'm more right brain than left brain. Oh, I, my learning style is this. What, you know, it's when those things are used to say, I can't do something yes, that's else. Right. That's or right. we say a student can't do that because they're wired a certain way. Yeah. That's, that's where, that's kind of what this whole series is about is Indeed. breaking down those ideas right. in favor of, growth mindset, neurodiversity, you know, just that really all, all things can be explicitly taught. All things can be learned mm -hmm. to a greater or lesser degree of talent. Yeah. Nothing is unavailable to anyone. I may be better at certain kinds of athletic activities by virtue of how my body is composed. Mm -hmm. I'm less likely to be a, a very speedy marathoner, mm -hmm. but I can do a marathon. Right. Right. The great marathoner is unlikely to be a good power lifter. Mm -hmm. Not that I am. But I suspect if I tried, I would be better at that than marathon. Mm -hmm. If you are, if your identity is, I'm really sensitive and I'm, I, I'm good at picking up other people's feelings. That doesn't mean that you have no capacity or a diminished capacity to be logical. And we shouldn't default in our educational practice, as you said, to, well, you know, this is an arts class. So why would we, you know, why would we care about math? Well, because the great artists cared about the same things mathematicians care about. Mm -hmm. They care about uh, perspective and they care about line and they care, they care about things mm -hmm. and you should care about them too. Uh, scientists care about perception and color and things like that. Mm -hmm. So if you're good at that, you ought to engage the science part of your brain as well. Because if you get your brain talking to each to itself in a way that our education system doesn't generally promote, the consequence is all boats rise all yeah. thinking is improved yeah why would we not want that and we we all know that we have a profile that is innate most likely and or a product of environment of strengths and weaknesses that's also a fundamental idea but behind neurodiversity that yes yeah. absolutely there are some people who have real um, differences in the way their brain functions uh, so that it makes some things easier and some things harder. And everybody is a little different in that way. But what we want to do in general is learn, we can learn about our kids, explore what their strengths and weaknesses are, but with the purpose of utilizing our strengths to overcome our weaknesses.
Right. Right. Which I, I, I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we should ultimately be caring about? Right. Right. Think about this. <clears throat> developing these skills, developing your brain's capacity to talk to itself as a young person just might save your life as an older person or if you have an accident, right? Have you ever watched the TED Talk from Jill Bolte-Taylor called My Stroke of Insight? No. No? Okay, I'm going to put it on the... Um, I'm going to put it in the show notes and I'll I'll send you a link to it. Okay. Jill Bolte Taylor is a um, is a is a neuroscientist. Okay. And 25 years ago, she had a very severe stroke. Okay. And because she's a brain scientist, she knew exactly what was happening, right? As her capacity mm. collapsed, right? She knew exactly what was happening. And and her her talk is about uh, well, it's about her journey a- after having the stroke, mm-hmm. right? And how the different hemispheres function, and uh, and then sort of like a whole brain, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a more integrated approach to thinking about about the brain, right? So I'll I'll post that. You you definitely cool. if you haven't seen it, it's a top. It's top 10, Ted, maybe even yeah. a top five, right? Okay. So it's so good, right? Um, so uh, so I, I mean, I think from my perspective, this kind of this kind of covers it, right? Parents who are listening, let your kids fully express themselves. Mm-hmm. Teachers who are listening, be mindful that if a student presents themselves as being logical, rational, develop that other side a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Work on that. And we do this at Qualia, right? Our, you know, Harry Potter houses, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we do the same thing, but we've divided our community into an enlightened and a romantic. Okay? Mm based on, you know, kind of European philosophy of the 19th and 20th centuries, okay? And there are people who hold these positions rather strongly. Uh-huh. And there's a whole mass of the community that is that moves mm-hmm. back and forth depending on the question, right? So we're talking about, well, how do we get strong E's and strong R's to more mm. respect understand integrate the other perspective right it's fascinating yeah 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 it it makes me think about the old um myers-briggs personality test that i took like 20 or 30 years ago and i always uh, i'm telling you every single one of those i was smack in the middle Every time I was like, oh, I don't really? know if I, an- yeah, if I answered one question differently, I would be the other one. So I never put a lot of stock in that. It be- but then there are people who strongly are, you know, uh, thinking or feeling. Uh, there's the introvert extrovert that we all are familiar with. I remember going to hear Daniel Pink speak at an educational conference and he uh, introduced the... I- 
uh, introduced the idea of um, ambiverts being, okay. if, if you score five and five, which is what I always score on that introvert and extrovert, yep. you know, I'm smack in the middle. He's like, you're an ambivert. And I was like, yes, yep. that's right. Sometimes I want to be myself. Sometimes I'm recharged by being around people. You know, I, I was like, I was never one or the other. And it was so interesting to hear him talk about that and be like, yes, finally. Yep. Uh, but I think there are, it is handy, and I, I know company has, companies have done this, like you're talking about at your school, in a way to help understand why someone doesn't see things the way I see them. Yes, so if right. I'm a strong romantic and I am working with a strong, enlightened person, we're going to see things differently. Yep, yep. And our but processes we, are going to be different. Yes. And, but we're each have something to bring to the table that we need to recognize in that other person. And we are stronger when we, just like we were talking about crossing that midline of right hemisphere to left hemisphere in your brain, our brain is stronger when it's working together. Our yeah. people are stronger when, when we're working with someone who's different than us, all these ideas kind of come together here yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, the, 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 the problem with this particular myth is that it seems to grant pride of place to certain kinds of thinking. Right. Yes. And when I used Myers-Briggs, when I was teaching entrepreneurship, I was I was interested in type. OK, mm -hmm. which Myers-Briggs cares about. Right. And ultimately, in getting students who work in a certain way to understand and value that other students are just as effective when they work a very different way, okay? This is the point, ultimately, of group work, which we're going to talk about later in mm -hmm. this season, okay? Is if you do not understand that your way is just one way and not the only way, you're going to you're going to struggle in all group collaborative work because you're going to be irritated or anxious about someone else's work workflow because you don't understand that they're working it just doesn't look like it to you mm -hmm. you have a you have a way right you know the the uh the tendency to be very disciplined in planning that sort of J tendency mm -hmm. as the tendency to a greater spontaneity, that P tendency, right? People have great success using both. So when, if you do, and I would Myers-Briggs, my entrepreneurship kids, and then I would put them in groups explicitly based on things that were not aligned Interesting. Say, purpose of this assignment is not to complete it, but rather to work with the person you're working with mm. and learn how they work. Right. I said, you know, I said, my my introverts in the room. Do you find everyone else in the room exhausting all the time? And they're like, oh my God, thank you for finally saying it. Right. <laughs> you know, the person, like, I'm an X and X on those, right? Like, mm -hmm. i.e. P and J, right? <clears throat> but the two in the middle, 
no, no. Uh, I am, uh, 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 I'm a forest guy, big picture, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, not the trees, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Big vision and then the, the execution steps, I'm better if I have someone to bounce that off of, right? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you start from a position of, uh, of feelings and emotions or logic and facts? I'm all logic and facts, right? Now I can, I can put on the armor of the other side and do it. I can do the other side, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm not it. I'm doing it. Right. Um, well, I remember, I remember when we were working on our dissertations, right. Cause we, we formed our own little group uh, yeah, right. to, and we actually went for a weekend up to Arrowhead and, you know, we'd get together and we would work. And I just so vividly remember John Cassie, when he's working on his dissertation, looks like he's not doing anything for hours and hours and That's hours because right. he's, right. he's reading, he's thinking, he's reading some more. Jennifer McGlemory working on her dissertation. I read something. I'm like, ooh, that's good. Did I type type that part down? Okay, let right. me summarize that. Okay, that's right. good. I'm going to use that in my lit review. Read the next thing. Ooh, I like this part. That connects. Let me write that down. So I'm constantly like, read a little bit, type a little bit, read a little bit, type a little bit. So someone walking in the room, it looks like I'm super productive. Right. Whereas, you know, but what John does is he spends several hours just reading all these things, putting them together in his brain, thinking about them. And then he sits down and boom, writes the whole thing out, which right. some people might think, oh, what a procrastinator, right? It looks like right, exactly not, right. Exactly. So that what, that what you're talking about made me think about that and how just differently we approach it. We both finished on time, yep. you know, and we weren't working together, but we were working parallel. So I got to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And learn that about myself, how I work right. by contrast to how somebody else works. Totally. Right. It was uh, uh, all of that work that we did collaboratively that was explicitly collaborative. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the, okay, find three or four people in your in your class and you're going to bup, 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 bup. Um, was very helpful to see how the rest of the other three, you and the other two who were in that group with us. Right uh went about their business it was very helpful to me because like well i'm gonna take this little bit of what jennifer does mm -hmm. take a little bit of this marina stuff and a little bit of this hannah and and that's gonna make the you you know the dish yeah yeah a, a little more a little more palatable right um but but yeah do li listening to yourself is one of the great lessons of doing that doctorate yeah like I know exactly how I work. Now I didn't beforehand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I really didn't. Yes. I had uh, sort of, but now I absolutely know. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be. I'm driving to work, and I'm listening to an audiobook or I'm listening to the radio, whatever. But back here, I'm writing the outline, mm -hmm. writing the chapter. I know subconsciously that I'm hard at work. And don't think about it. Don't force it. When mm. I try to force it, it's always bad. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm thinking we started out that this episode was about left brain, right brain. But really, we have talked about growth mindset. We've talked about brain yeah, yeah. research. We've yep. talked about, you know, 
the different parts of the brain, how the brain rewires itself. And we've talked about Myers-Briggs. So we've covered right. a lot of things in this episode. Right. I mean, look, it's it's left, you know, the, the myth of right brain, left brain is, is a myth. But the reality of neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. right, and the reality of the ways in which your brain organizes information that it receives processes it and makes meaning from it i mean that's all left brain right brain is trying to do it's just not quite right Mm -hmm. if you if you make it into uh uh what it's what it's been made into right if you let it be well yeah there's a it's sort of a little bit of this and a little bit of that but what really matters is the talking if you understand it's the talking then your math teachers are going to play music and your art teachers are going to ask students to think about geometry, Mm -hmm. right? And your historians are going to do both military things, which are very logical and cultural things, right? And on and on and on, right? And that to me, it seems to be to the good. That's true. Yeah. yeah, if you want to think about the opposites and the extremes to push yourself yeah. to cover both equally, right. well, that's a valid approach. Totally, right. I mean, I'm an I'm an avid reader, mm-hmm. right? and I read both fiction and nonfiction, mm-hmm. and I read across virtually every genre. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to a book right now about. Uh, uh about the ancient earth okay Mm. basically starts in the modern world you know how does the earth function as a system biologically geologically etc right and the author over the course of the book has been going further back and back and back and back in time right okay so i'll i'll read those kind of books every year but i'll also read poetry now i don't read only poetry i read mostly sci-fi Right. And fantasy, mm-hmm. mostly, right? The Every year, the majority of what I read is going to be there. But that's all about speculation. It's speculative mm-hmm. fiction is what I like to read most. Um, so I think if you, if you read as broadly as possible, you encourage those, those systems in your brain mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. talking to each other, right? You know, because there's a kind of elegance to a certain to to to, to science, right? And there's a certain uh, there's a certain logic to certain kinds of poetry, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. It it's one of the reasons that I always like to be in a book club. I'm part yeah. of this great right this great book club where uh, the person who runs it you know researches the books, but we always we have a different genre you know each month that repeats every year and it forces me to read things I wouldn't necessarily read. And and it's always so interesting when we get together because we don't all like the same thing. Uh, We didn't all get the same thing from the book. And yet we all, I tell you, we say this every time at the end of our book club meeting, we'll say, well, gosh, you know, I came in not liking this book or somebody came in a but after our discussion, now I appreciate it more. You exactly. know, I like it. I never really thought about it in that way. And now I like it a little more. Yep. And 
it, that's that's kind of the summation I think of our our whole episode here. Um, totally, is, is recognizing those differences and appreciating them and realizing, like you said, with that communication, uh, it improves not only the process, but it improves ourselves, the final product and our enjoyment. 100%. I think that's a good way to end. So friends listening, if you have thoughts and perspectives on this, please share them with us. And uh, we're coming we're getting closer to the end of season four here. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of episodes left to go uh, where we're going to talk now a little bit more technically about different different parts of the teaching craft. And for teachers, I'm sure you'll find this uh, engaging. And parents, this will be a, a window into, uh, into how teachers talk about the uh, both the, the, the science, if you will, of teaching, but also the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up, uh, I think is going to be homework. And yeah, uh, and uh, we'll be back uh, shortly with that. And thanks for listening. Good to see you as always, John. Same. Okay. Bye.